Dear friends in Christ, in the name of Jesus, amen. Well, it's been a year. A, a year that none of us saw coming. This Sunday, today, one year ago, was the last time we gathered in this place without masks. Do you remember how it went last year, March of 2020? Let me review for you how this last week unfolded. March 8th was when the first case of coronavirus in St. Louis was confirmed. That was a Sunday, the previous Sunday. And that week, my hunch is most of us just went about our business. We probably were paying attention to the news. We noticed, but not much changed. And then on Friday, the St. Louis County and City uh, gave an executive order limiting gatherings to 1,000 people. Now, that didn't bother us too much. <laughs> uh, so we gathered for church on Sunday, March the 15th, uh, like normal. But then the next day, another executive order came out, limiting gatherings to 50. And then on Wednesday, another order. We were down to 10. And then something happened that none of us could have anticipated. We went 11 straight Sundays. 11 straight Sundays where this room was empty on Sunday mornings. Now, I'm not a historian, but I will bet you a shiny nickel that that is the longest time people have not gathered in this building to worship since it was constructed. Finally, on May 31st, we gathered here again. But it wasn't the same. It still isn't the same. Do you remember? Do you remember when we used to, after the opening welcome from one of the pastors, we would cram into that center aisle and, and create this incredible traffic jam where we literally rubbed shoulders and we shook hands and sometimes gave hugs. We had to kind of scoot past each other just to say good morning. I'm not going to ask how, how much you missed that, uh, but the contact was nice. I mean, do you remember shaking hands? Much less rubbing shoulders. Do you remember we used to have snacks out in the grand lobby? We had just started that, right? And we had treats after the service, and we had a chance to gather and mingle and, and have some fellowship. Um, kids, do you remember coming up here for children's messages? And sitting right or all really close to each other, sometimes leaning up against one of the pastors or Carly or whoever was giving the children's message. You remember kids going downstairs and uh, singing to start Sunday school? With those benches, we'd sit on those benches, and then we'd sing some songs, and then we would walk to those classrooms over in the back part of the, the basement, and we would sit really close to each other in those tiny little rooms before we ever heard the term social distancing. It's been a year, a long year, 
and that's just the changes that have taken place here on Sunday mornings. We could, we could spend all morning talking about the changes that you've experienced day in, day out, in your homes, in your places of work. Uh, we could spend a lot of time thinking about the challenges and the struggles and often the exhaustion we have felt this past year. The question is, what do we as Christians do to mark an anniversary such as this? How should we think about the challenges and the struggles, the the losses and the opportunities, the joys and the sorrows? What should we do about the coronavirus anniversary? What should we say? I'm going to suggest this morning that we say two things. We say two words on this one-year anniversary, and I'm also going to suggest we say both of them to God. The first thing we say today is thank you. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I've come. We just sang that hymn. And Ebenezer, you know what that is? It's a monument. It's a stone, a rock, literally. It's a rock of assistance. It's something you set up to commemorate deliverance from a a trial or a tribulation, you set up an Ebenezer to say thank you. Thank you to God. Hither by thy help I've come. And certainly it is only by his help we have come thus far. And so we say thank you. We take our cue from Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Now, maybe you're thinking to yourself right now, it's kind of hard to say thank you. I don't have a lot of feelings of thankfulness in my heart right now. And I'll admit, you're probably right. I can think of all sorts of reasons why you would not say thank you on this one-year anniversary. For some of you, this has been a year of deep loneliness. This has been a year when you have been imprisoned in your home, your home office, your home classroom. It's been a year where you have longed for genuine human interaction without these masks. You've longed to visit loved ones, to gather together as normal people. Did you know that there are almost 30 members of our congregation for whom that camera is their connection to our worship. Almost 30 members who still aren't able to worship with us every Sunday. For some of you, this has been a year of incredible loss. 
You've lost a loved one to death. Perhaps from corona, perhaps from something else. Just yesterday, we lost our dear brother, John Schrader. The loss extends further, smaller losses, loss of health, loss of jobs, loss of milestones and memories and celebrations, loss of things that we simply can't recover. They're simply gone. Some of you are frankly exhausted. You're exhausted at all the decisions you have to make, all the accommodations that are necessary for life in this pandemic time. You're exhausted as a parent, as a business owner, as a responsible member of society trying to do your part. And you're tired of the restrictions. You're tired of second guessing. You're tired of it all. Give thanks. (laughs) I can think of so many reasons that we would not want to give thanks. And yet, and yet, not a single one of the struggles I just mentioned has undone the promises God has made to us in his son Jesus. We just read from John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life. That is God's promise to you and to me. That is God's promise to John Schrader, eternal life, guaranteed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, sealed for you in your baptism. You belong to him. You are his son, his daughter. And there is nothing, nothing on this earth, no virus, no loss, no mask, no six feet, not even death, can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And therefore, the first word we say on this anniversary of the pandemic is a word of thanksgiving. At all times and in all places, we say before the Lord's Supper, we give thanks to God even on the anniversary of a pandemic. But that's not all we say. Remember I said there are two words for us to say on this anniversary? The word of thanksgiving does not bring our loved ones back to us. The word of thanksgiving does not magically make the loneliness disappear. And therefore, we have another word to say. And this word is a word of lament. Lament. It's not a common concept, much less a practice, in our 
culture today. When things go south in our society, think about the kind of words we use. We use words to attack when things go south. We find somebody to blame, somebody to accuse, some sort of outrage to express, some sort of self-righteous disgust that we can spew online or somewhere else. When things go bad, we speak words of attack in our culture. And of course, you and I belong to this culture, right? And so that's sometimes that happens even among us. You come home from work. And it's been a stressful day, and you're frustrated because nothing's gone the way it should. And a child or a spouse says something, and you're like that teapot that's been boiling up with water, and, and harsh words just erupt forth and burn your loved ones. It happens in the church, too. Stress and struggle lead us to speak in ways that tear each other down. You see, Christians, however, have a different way to respond to stress and to suffering. Christians have this thing called lament. Now, some of you know that I I teach at Concordia Seminary, just up Highway 40. And uh, at the seminary, we have chapel every, every day. Every morning, we have chapel. And on Friday, we had a special chapel service. I think it's the first time we've ever had this kind of service. It was a service of lament. Now, lament, to lament is to be honest. To lament is to name the pain and the struggle and the hurt and the disappointment and the frustration. It's to name it. But this is not just naming into thin air, like some sort of airing of grievances. The lament is when you bring those pains, bring those hurts, and you name them to God. And so that's what we did in chapel on Friday. We stood before God and we named our losses, our frustrations, our hurts, and our pains. Now, we weren't the first people ever to think of this. Uh, The people of God over the centuries, over the millennia, have been lamenting when things are not as they should be. Jeremiah lamented the destruction of Jerusalem 600 years before Christ. He even wrote a book called Lamentations, which is really a depressing book. Job lamented. Job lamented the loss of his property, and then he lamented the loss of his children, and then he lamented the loss of his health. David lamented over and over again in the Psalms. Uh, Psalms of Lamentation, we call them. Actually, I printed one. You've got an insert in your bulletin. At this point, I'd, I'd love for you, if you would take that out. Um, there's, I printed Psalm 13 on that insert, and this is a psalm of lament that David wrote. And I want to read this with you. I want you to notice what a lament looks like. If, if lament is one of the words we speak, then we, know how to, we need to know how to do it. Um, 
So look at me with, with this Psalm 13. Notice how it begins. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Do you hear his pain? Do you hear his questions? How long, Lord? How long am I going to suffer? And David's being very honest to God. He's taking his pain and his frustration straight to the Lord. That's how a lament begins. You take your pain and your disappointment and your frustration and you take it to the Lord. But that's not where it stops. David goes on. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Notice what he does there. He doesn't just question how long, then he asks God for deliverance. Lord, help me. Lord, I need your deliverance. And he doesn't just stop with a prayer. Notice how he concludes. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. You see what David did? He took his pain, he took his hurt. And instead of burying it deep down and acting like it's not there, or instead of lashing out at others, he cried out to God. How long? He asked the hard questions. How long, O Lord? And then he pleads to the Lord for mercy. Help me. Save me. And then he proclaims his faith. He proclaims the promises of God back to God. You, O Lord, are my salvation. In you, I will trust. This is a lament. This is coming to your Heavenly Father and grieving the loss and the loneliness and the exhaustion that you feel after a year of coronavirus. These are our two words as Christians. But I want to do more than just talk about these two words with you this morning. Um, I actually would like to speak these words with you. I would like to help you and help myself, frankly, practice saying thank you and practice lamenting. And so what I've got on your, the rest of your insert here is a word of thanksgiving and a word of lament. The word of thanksgiving is taken from our psalm, Psalm 107, and so it's just straight verses out of there, and we're going to read that back and forth in just a minute. Uh, the word of lament is taken from the service we held at the seminary on Friday. Uh, it's parts of it. It was much longer. I was going to have us do the whole thing, but then you guys would have not been happy with me. Uh, so it's much shorter. Uh, 
But I want to speak this word of thanksgiving and this word of lament with you. Now, as we do so, I want you to notice an undertone. I want you to notice an invitation. It's an invitation to repent. It's an invitation to repent for your lack of, faith, of thankfulness over this past year. It's an invitation for you to repent over the ways you've used words. Instead of to come to God, you've used words to take it out on others. And so as we read through these words of thanksgiving and lament, I invite you as you listen to spend some time in repentance before the Lord in your heart. We can only repent because we know that God loves to forgive. And his promise is to continue to forgive until that day when he returns when we'll only need one word. So if you'll join me, you've got the bold part, I've got the skinny part. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. God, the Father in heaven, God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, God, the Holy Spirit, our Comforter and Helper, be gracious to us, O Lord. We lament the suffering of this past year its death, its despair, its division, its fear, its isolation, its alienation, its confusion, its uncertainty. We lament the things coronavirus has taken from us, lost loved ones, lost opportunities to mourn, lost joys, lost time together, lost friendships, lost trust. 
lost celebration of marriage, birthdays, births, anniversaries. We lament lost opportunities for the gospel, lost days of worship, lost in-person worship, lost preaching, lost celebrations of the Lord's Supper, lost opportunities for witness. We lament divided communities and peoples, divisions of political party, divisions of race, divisions of class, divisions of sex, divisions of belief. We lament those who don't believe in your name, family members, friends, neighbors, classmates, co-workers, those nearby, those far away. We lament failings in your church, abuses of power and people, division, disunity, disharmony, compromise with the world, false and impure doctrine, unwillingness to forgive, arrogance, anger, apathy, suspicion, fear. We lament the loss of life by abortion, by miscarriage and stillbirth, by accident, by malnourishment, by natural disaster, by disease, by murder and war, by suicide. We lament our sin, the sin we welcome, the sin that chases after us, the sins we commit again and again, the sins by which we hurt our neighbor, the sins by which we hurt ourselves. We lament the persistent work of Satan among us, his works, his ways, his exploitation of our weakness, his stoking of division, his attack on our insecurities, his attack on our joy in the gospel. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, Christ, 
the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Into your hands, O Lord, we place our laments, trusting you to answer them according to your mercy. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.